You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. gentlemen and welcome to another edition of lockdown Padres podcast which is part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day for hold on a second thursday january 5th as always i am your host with sometimes occasionally but certainly not always the most javier reyes you can follow me on twitter at javapeno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o or at lo underscore padres which is where all my padres centric tweets come from Hopefully you enjoy those. You can also check me out on YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube, to see uh, my Tatis bobblehead, who's rocking it. Ooh, <laughs> look at him, look at him, look at him. Uh, he's killing it out here if you want to see him. And also if you want to see him, what he looks like and whatnot. Um, remember, podcast description. You guys can go check out the bobbleheads over at the uh, the, the Foco USA. USA? Foco USA. Folks were so kind to send me one. So go check that out, guys. And also, go check out Just Baseball, where I'm going to be writing an article soon, believe it or not. I'm back at the writing game, so go check that out, guys. But enough of the intro. How much time is this dude spending on the intro and the somewhat wise words of Drake, Aubrey Graham Drake, back on, what was that? The Nothing Was the Same album? I think. Yeah. That album kicked butt, man. That was a good album. Anyway. Let's talk about Johnny Cueto today, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going to be talking about Johnny Cueto, who is being rumored to be someone that the Padres are very interested in, which makes sense. It feels like the the trend has been over the past few days and maybe the last week, especially before the holidays started coming in, that um, he's a potential guy that the Padres could be interested in, and more importantly, the Padres were interested in adding a little bit more rotation depth. Obviously, we've already talked about it. They got Nick Martinez back, who was a huge find, a guy that I crapped on before the season. And then I, all I'm saying is I changed my tune like a few weeks before the season started. It had nothing to do with spring training. I don't remember Nick Martinez actually having a great spring training necessarily. I just like pulled back on my hate of the signing, even if I wanted some other players more. And I said, yeah, you know what? He'll be fine. I was like, whatever. It doesn't matter. And he was he definitely exceeded expectations to a degree. So he's back. And then you have Seth Lugo, who they're going to try out as a starter. And if that fails, he could go to the bullpen and be a great bullpen arm. He has been excellent before. Kind of like the face of... I don't like saying analytics movement, but maybe the strikeout movement, maybe just from relief pitchers who just hurl and just good command, high strikeout stuff. And that's kind of all they care about, um, it seems. And it, it ends up working for them. So I like that signing, too. And now, if this Johnny Cueto thing happens, and I'm recording this on um, Wednesday. So it very well could have happened by the time you guys listen to this episode. So treat this as the episode uh, if it happens, um, I guess you could say. Um, it came from Ken Rosenthal, who's reporting that the Padres and the Marlins are vying for free agent right-hander Johnny Cueto. Sources tell the Athletic and the Reds are also interested. In. I love how it's like, those are the teams that are interested in this guy, um, which is a little bit of a tiny red flag for me. Um, just the fact that one of them is a rebuilding team, albeit rebuilding very well in the Cincinnati Reds, I think. And then the other team is the Marlins, who unfortunately pre-Jeter pre ang pre everything they haven't been a well-run organization for about as long as i can remember uh since i was a wee lad um so i'm wondering if like i i, I talk about all the time on the show where I, I like to use other things other than the stats just using my my keen observant eye to check out you know what's what's going on here 
You know what I mean? And one of the things I said about the Josh Hader trade was Milwaukee doesn't miss very often, so that's why it made me nervous. I talked about how Joe Musgrove, I really liked how many teams were in on that guy and trying to trade for him. That's just a little bit of a, a sign I like. You know what I mean? The teams, it, teams wanted Joe Musgrove so badly that it was leaking out how many teams wanted him, and that for me was a good sign. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, this line of thinking of mine, but I have to admit that makes me a little bit nervous just because is it possible that Johnny Cueto's washed? Uh, yeah, he is washed, definitely, at the age of 36, but he did have a pretty decent season last year. 2.4 F4 and a 3.35 ERA. His expected ERA was 4.02, but that's actually not that bad um, compared to his previous expected stats of like 4.9, 4.8, 4.7. It's the lowest expected ERA he's had since, it looks like, 2015. And if you guys remember 2015, that was quite the time for our boy uh, out with the uh, the Royals when he was traded there. And that's kind of what I think everyone, at least what I think of when I think of Johnny Cueto, is just this unbelievably, he had that really great stretch from basically 2011 to 2016 or so when he was just electric on the mound. And it, it, it was awesome. And that ends up helping them win a World Series. He's been a very capable and solid pitcher for a long time, um, which is great. And he's really fun to watch. I love watching his delivery where he sometimes does the the leg fake thing or whatever you want to call it. Love that. Uh, and again, this past season, he was actually one of the most reliable starters for the Chicago Chicago White Sox, which is wild. And that's a team that has high expectations. So I love that he came through. And if I'm not mistaken, he was just kind of released. He was just picked off off the waiver wire. And if it, that move, Johnny Cueto's last season last year probably would have been talked about more if it was for a different team. Only because the White Sox, everything went wrong for them. Everything from injuries to beef with other third basemen from a team that rhymes with New York Yankees, right? Like all over the place, weird stuff with the White Sox. And he was steady. I mean, through 150, 58 innings, which is the most he's had since 2017. Um, granted, one of those years was the COVID shortened season. But even still, he threw a whole lot of innings. He was consistent for them. Yeah, the strikeout rate and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not the greatest in the world. It was the lowest of his career, in fact, which is, you know, a, a, certainly a concerning thing. He, you know, didn't make anybody swing and miss on all that many stuff. But the biggest thing is the control. 88th percentile on walk rate. That, for me, is huge. And I think that, that usually, if you're, especially if you're taking a flyer on a guy for the fifth spot, you know, back of the rotation, that's a really key thing for me. Uh, is that, all right, yeah, he's not striking out guys, and he's not making them whiff on stuff, but more importantly, doesn't get hit that hard, and he's not walking anybody. And for me, that sound, that just shouts fifth starter to me. You know what I mean? Especially because of the name value and whatnot, he also has some decent upside to go out there and give you a really awesome game. That's what I like about Cueto. I think Cueto could finish the year probably with an ERA in like the low fours. That's totally possible. I could see that. I don't think it's going to go under four again. It could, and that would be great. It'd be great if last year was a sign of some resurgence for him. But the lowered strikeout rate and the fact that he doesn't make a lot of bats. Uh, um, hold on. Miss a lot of bats. I always get the phrasing of that a little bit off. Don't ask why. It's, it's just a weird speech pattern thing of mine. He makes bats miss. I think that's the phrase in baseball vernacular. Anyway, uh, so yeah, all those things aren't great. And the expected ERA is a little bit higher. This is why you can't just look at solely ERA. But like I said, the expected ERA wasn't that bad. The FIP, 3.79, not that bad either. Expected FIP was 4.38, which isn't great. And even last year, in 2021, he was pretty decent for the Giants. 4.08 ERA, 
expected ERA of 4.92, but decent strikeout rate stuff, left on base. Like, he wasn't that bad, and he just was kind of throwing innings out there. I know he had a couple really good games against the Padres, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's why Preller is obsessed with him. You know AJ Preller. As soon as he has any interaction or link with a guy, he is always interested in for life. We saw that with Alfaro. We saw that with uh, Jerickson Profar in his Texas days, right? I'm shocked that he didn't go out and, um, what's it called? It's, it's kind of amazing that they never traded for Joey Gallo. It really is. I can't believe Preller resisted the urge to do that. And that he resists the urge to sign him this offseason, right? That's that's pretty nuts. Mm. But all that being said, there are some fair concerns here that we have to bring up. And if you know anything about Johnny Cueto, you probably know what I'm going to mention. You know, you probably know, most likely. It's not the most, you know, pinpoint precision analysis and what have you. But again, got to still talk about it. Got to be objective here. Can't just be doing the cheerleader thing and praising every single move the Padres do. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, I got to talk to you about the best place to go for your sports bets. Oh yeah, that's right. BetOnline.net. Your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. All right. You want to know what's going on with basketball? You want to keep track of Donovan Mitchell dropping 71 or... The, the Nets and their now snapped uh, was formerly 11-game winning streak. I mean, you want to keep track. You want to make those numbers and whatnot. Nikola Jokic maybe for MVP. Could it happen? The three? The three-peat? I don't know, folks. But they got you covered on that. They're going to have all sorts of futures and stuff. And they've got sports podcasts that you can find there as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Let's keep it moving, folks. Now we got to talk a little bit about the, the negatives of Sir Johnny Cueto. All right. Johnny Cueto. Okay. I can't link this. I might tweet this out. I'm going to tweet this if they sign him. There's this video of, I don't know who the announcer is, who just randomly turns French after someone hit a home run off of Johnny Cueto. It's like, Johnny Cueto, it is two to nothing. It was, it's very weird. I forgot who the announcer is. Decent chance you know what I'm talking about, but if that happens, believe me, I am resurfacing that video because it is super, super funny. Um, and probably insulting, probably. It's very weird. It's very weird. But anyway, the negative about Johnny Cueto is health. It's as simple as that. And, you know, even when he was in his prime, he's had some concerns with health. In 2018 is really where it started with the Giants. He barely pitched for them then. He barely pitched for them in 2019. 2020, the slight resurgence in terms of health, but he had a 5.4, so he was getting back to things. So maybe you can hope that the Padres can look at this and say, all right, he got back fully healthy in 2020, he just had to get his skill back, and then he's been improving with the 2021 season and 2022 seasons. That's totally possible, but in terms of health, that's kind of always been his thing. In 2013, he got hurt. In 2011, 2010, during a lot of his good years, that's kind of what held him back from potentially being like a Cy Young-ish pitcher. And I don't think that that's that crazy. Johnny Cueto really was an incredible, credible player for a really long time. And I think that um, there is something to be said for that resume. You know, the fact that this was a guy who was really effective. Um, and he was also effective for the Reds, which, for those who don't know, they have a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark. 
So that's pretty impressive. That's why I think a guy like Luis Castillo might be like a sleeper Cy Young pick for next year because of the fact that he's used to pitching at Great American Ballpark and now he's with the Mariners and they're a lot more pitcher friendly. So that's possible. But again, you know, he could have won the Cy Young if not for the fact that it just not as much time. Right? He missed some time. Although he got really close. He actually finished second, I'm looking, in 2014 for the Cy Young. When he had, how many Ks did he have at that year? 242 Ks that year. Yeah, he was pretty nuts. He was pretty nuts. Again, Johnny Cueto is not going to get a lot of strikeouts, and that's one thing. And I think that for a Padres team that really, like, on the surface level, I don't want to say that the Padres aren't at DEFCON 1 for needing pitching. They're, they're just not. All right, There are other teams like the Red Sox, like the Orioles, other teams that kind of want to be a little bit competitive that need pitching more than them. But the Padres do have a sincere lack of depth for a team that wants to contend. It does get a little bit scary. There are some unknowns. Now, granted, it's still a great position to be in. They're at like DEFCON three and a half, right? They're not doing that bad with pitching. But you look at, let's just look at it this way. You say, all right, you got Blake Snell, who's awesome when he's on and has been the tale of two cities kind of embodied. Uh, in his Padres career, right? But can he do the full season? Can he stay healthy and do all that stuff? That remains to be seen. You Darvish, he's you Darvish. He's awesome, and he improved a lot last year. As I mentioned with Johnny Cueto and his dipping strikeout rate, but an increase in control, that for me is a green light. And that's what you saw with you Darvish last year. But he is older, and banking on an older pitcher is something that I don't necessarily think is always a smart thing to do. And then you've got Musgrove, who's as steady as they come. And then you've got Nick Martinez, who... Had a really great playoff run, um, had really good moments throughout the whole season, but he's a lot more effective as a reliever. And then Seth Lugo, you don't know what he's going to be as a starter. Again, this isn't me saying that the Padres are in an awful position. Let me be very clear. I, I still think that there's this, I think there's this kind of, how do I put this? There's this like mythical, I, I don't, every rotation is always going to have questions. It's just hard to find five dudes that you can count on and be feel great about. Because also, you might just want to just get guys who can throw you innings. There's always a need for pitching, right? So complaining about your team-specific pitching situation, they need this and they need that, I find it to be a little bit counterproductive just because, well, yeah, every team needs more pitching. Because if they get hurt, then it's like, all right, who's going to pitch today? We don't want to just do a whole bullpen game. So that's the thing. Now with the Padres... I may have outlined all the negatives there, but even still, Johnny Cueto at the back end of your rotation probably ends up being the four starter, if we're being honest, to like start. I'd be very curious to see who would be in the rotation. I don't think that they would go six, man. I actually don't think that they should, because I think that... Or actually, maybe they maybe they could. I don't know. I, I think that they're just going to go five to start, um, because I think they're going to see what they have from Lugo. And then if Lugo doesn't do well, then they might swap out Martinez. Maybe that's what they do. Start Martinez in the bullpen. Maybe he's a piggyback starter where it's Lugo and Martinez is the fifth starter, per se, on the team. And then Johnny Cueto might, because of the name, because of his experience as a veteran, might maybe get that four spot for the pods. I'd be totally cool with that. I think that that's fine. Um, and since there doesn't seem to be that many teams that are going to be uh, pining for this guy, if this Ken Rosenthal report is like really up-to-date and accurate, then I would be all for it. But again... The fact that Johnny Cueto hasn't been healthy, we saw what it looks like when the Padres don't have a healthy rotation or when their rotation is just flat out struggling. You saw that in 2021 with weathers being a disaster. 
and unfortunately still kind of a disaster down in the minors, with Darvish being just not himself, maybe hurt during that season, uh, to be sure. And even Musgrove went down just a tiny bit, a tiny bit. Uh, no, he was actually, he was great in the second half. Who am I kidding? You basically only had Musgrove, and that's why Jake Arrieta and Vincent Velasquez were the guys that they had to rely on. Mm. Yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm having my little my little nighttime tea. Don't worry. I'm still drinking the Dodgers tears, though, for anybody who's watching the video. Um, so that's that's kind of my, my feeling on it. You want to be careful. You don't want to be in that situation. And here's where the Padres part comes specifically. They ain't got no pitching prospects, man. I'm sorry. Like, if you want to look up Padres' top prospects, first of all, their top prospects are not literally anyone's top prospect, with the exception of maybe Jackson Merrill, who sneaks into the top 100 in some way. Uh, there's not a lot of pitching. You have Dylan Lesko, Robbie Snelling. But are those guys that we feel great about? You know, if they need to bring them up, if you need a replacement, if Cueto were to get hurt, if something were to happen, Martinez, Lugo, whatever. I don't think that they necessarily have pitching that you're super excited about being that, like, okay, kind of, you know, uh, spark plug. You know what I mean? Like like what Ryan Weathers was for the team last uh, in 2021 when they first brought him up, right? Like what Mackenzie Gore was like for last year when they brought him up, right? Maybe not a guy who's going to be amazing initially. He's not going to be Clayton Kershaw immediately. But they can give you good starts and be better than what you have, which is, you know, in the, in the Padres' case, they'd probably be going to the waiver wire if anything were to happen. And like I mentioned with Dylan Lesko, like he's in rookie ball. He ain't coming up. Snelling, like those guys are so behind that if they do turn into something, which is totally possible, Padres have done a great job at really being underestimated, their ability to retool their farm. I think that's one of the most underrated things about the Preller era is that every time they've given up a whole ton of prospects and some of them great, <clears throat> Trey Turner, they retool pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like the Padres have been really good at retooling. So that's one of the things with them. So I love that. But with Cueto, the injury is a concern, but I don't hate this signing. And bottom line is, it's going to be hard for me to hate any kind of signing. It, it, it really is. It's going to be hard for me to hate any pitcher that they sign. Um, I, I really do. I think that what this offseason has shown us is that the Padres are going to forever be trying, as long as Seidler and AJ Preller are in town, and that's great. Wade Miley is one of the other pitchers out there that is probably, if you just want to go at like who's the best overall left, it's probably Wade Miley is one of those. He was pretty. He's just an innings eater. Uh, he's not great. The mighty Miley. As he was in the 2021 season, he was actually legit good. But for the most part, not that great of a guy. But it also sounds like the Brewers are stepping into the fray. And my favorite team, longtime listeners of the show now. So they might be signing him. So I'm totally okay with that. And in terms of other guys, you got Zach Greinke. That would be fun, but I just don't know what he has left in him. I really don't. He's 38. Can barely throw anything above 84, it feels like. You know what I mean? He has the Ephus pitch, which is great. Love that. Um, and then you've got Michael Waka, who I know a lot of Pods fans have talked about. And I'm going to just say, I'd much prefer Johnny Cueto over Michael Waka. And for me, a big reason for that is the FIP was a lot higher. His expected stats were a lot higher, Michael Waka, last year. And what I don't like is this. Michael Waka has never been all that remarkable as a pitcher. He's this guy that consistently, almost always, when he was coming up every damn year, I remember this guy's going to be awesome. He's young and he's got talent and all this stuff. One of these years, he's going to be great. But my fear is what if that one great year kind of passed? What if his season back in 2017, when he had a 3.1 F4, 
Maybe that was his great season. And by the way, it was a 4.13 ERA that year. It's not like he was incredible, right? Even with the, you know, the some of the strikeout rates going up and whatnot. Okay. So we had that. And then you might say, oh, well, did he have another good year? Not really. I know he's only 30 years old, which is the biggest selling point about him for sure. But even though he's only 30, he's also struggled with health stuff. And last year in 127 innings, 1.5 F4, I know his ERA was low, but his expected stats, expected ERA of 4.56, which is much worse than like anything. So that's my thing with Michael Waka. It seems like he's a guy that forever has been, people are just like kind of convinced that he's going to be. Like, he's going to have a good season. And it's totally possible he's a late bloomer. Again, that's the biggest selling point about him. 30 years old as opposed to 36 from Johnny Cueto. So you could potentially sign him and feel really good about a cheap guy who at least maybe he comes into his own. Maybe you can, you know, fix his pitching mechanics and whatnot. But I just, I don't know. This reminds me, Mike, uh, Michael Waka reminds me exactly of Steven Matz. From this past year. A player who had a good season. But a misleading season. Uh, that was Steven Matz. And I think that what happens sometimes is when. There aren't many pitchers left available. We start like over overvaluing. Getting way too excited about certain ones. When I really don't think that there's. Anything to be excited about right. Um, Steven Matz. Every year. Expected stats are bad. He's not good with the Mets. People got way too excited. Because he had a couple good weeks when he first came up. And then. Out in Toronto. 3.82 ERA. His expected stats weren't that bad either. And he was really solid for them. He was. And then the Cardinals pay him, and he's a disaster. He couldn't get out. He had a bad game against, like, the the Reds. The Reds lit him up, I'm pretty sure, at one point. And, by the way, when the Reds were bad, like, they were had that, like, really bad losing streak, they lit him up. Steven Matz really feels like, to me, Michael Waka, where it's this guy that has had potential for a long time, but he's never really shown it. And maybe he's going to have that great year one year, but then we're overreacting to a year that wasn't all that impressive. You know, it was for, for Matt, it was the Blue Jays, and then for, it's uh, what's his face? It was the Red Sox. Um, Waka. AL East teams, these are both players that pitched on the Cardinals at one point. Yeah, all the similarities are, are coming here for me. That's He just feels like Steven Matz. And to me... That is not what I want. I want someone who has had big games before. So even if, even if it's possible that Cueto just had like a, a brief career resurgence last year, I think I'd much rather take a chance on that because we've seen him do it before and we've seen what he looks like when he's done it before. Waka, eh, and then Steven Matz, certainly not, right? So that, that's kind of my thing, my thinking on this whole situation. I just, I just prefer Johnny Cueto if it's one of those options. My number one option is still Corey Kluber. Granted, because I am all about the vibes, and as a former draft pick for the Padres, who they unfortunately traded, I would just love having him back. I think that'd be fun. Um, Joe Ross is 29. I don't know. Maybe maybe worth a flyer. He was stuck on the Nationals for a while. That's another reunion guy. He could get him. Uh, was he a Padre? I don't know if he was a Padre, but I'm pretty sure he was part of the Trey Turner trade. So I'm going to assume he was, but I don't know for sure. could bring him back in. Um, for the memes, you could bring in Chris Archer. Bottom line is, I think that if it's not Johnny Cueto, it's probably going to be, it's going to be one of these guys. And I don't really care which one it is, to be honest with you. It's the fifth starter in a team. I know it's not what I should be saying as some alleged expert and insider on the Padres, but again, that's just me. Um, I know that Pablo Lopez is a name that's been thrown out there. 
as a trade candidate. I simply don't see it. And also from what I've heard, uh, it's not something that is very close to happening. There have been conversations, certainly, but it's not something that's seems like it's really going to happen um, unless something were to drastically change. That's my vibe. Um, I think that they want to keep Pablo and that they're probably going to trade someone like, I don't know, Lazardo maybe? No, Rodgers. That's that's who it is. Trevor Rodgers for them. I think he's a lot more likely to be traded. A player that I would like, by the way. I, w- I would like to trade for Trevor Rodgers too out of Miami. I don't care if he was bad last year. He's young. He's got potential. I kind of like him. Um, I don't, I don't want to trade for Pablo Lopez. I, I, I don't see it. He's a fine pitcher, fine pitcher. I, I really, he would be incredible as a five, but I don't know if giving up like a Jackson Merrill or anything like that is worth it. That's just me. I'd rather just take a shot on Johnny Cueto, um, what's his name, Corey Kluber, or heck, throw Joe Ross out there because why not? And Aaron Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez was good for half a second. He's thirty years old. Maybe if he could stay healthy, right? Um, either way, I'm, I can't wait to see who the Padres are going to bring in for their last spot. If it's Cueto. The swag level goes through the roof. I mean, that's the thing. And, that, and you guys know that's a big thing for me. Waka? The, the only Waka I'm familiar with that has been a legend is the man from Final Fantasy X who straight up be using a beach ball as his weapon against demons and angels of death and goblins as you traverse everything in that game. That man had a beach ball as his weapon. Waka is the GOAT. But Michael Waka, I don't know if that's if that's necessarily someone to point towards. I just think that there's other more interesting pitchers that aren't being targeted as much that could fill the void that Michael Walker is giving you. I, I just, I, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, and then the swag from my boy, my boy, uh, Kluber, that'd be good too. But yeah, guys, that's basically it. Um, those are my thoughts on Johnny Cueto. I'm curious to see if they sign him. And in fact, I think it's more likely than not that they do. Um, this is a player that I've heard rumors on for a while that we've that have had reports on for a while, and if it's just the the Marlins and if it's just the the Reds as competition, I can see it. Honestly, the Reds would be cute though if they bring him back. That'd be kind of cute. So if he, if he doesn't go to the Padres, then I'm totally cool with that. Um, but overall, guys, those are my thoughts on Johnny Cueto. Leave a comment in the YouTube. Tweet at me, whatever you want to do, on what you want. Uh, What do you think the Padres should do? You think that Johnny Cueto makes sense? I think he totally does. I'm totally in, especially when you look at the rest of the market and what seems realistic and feasible. Um, And I'm excited. Uh, I'm very excited to see who they get in this fifth spot. It's so fun talking about the Padres' moves that they still have left to make. We still don't know if they're going to do something in left field. And that's something for another podcast. But we don't know exactly, will they bring back Profar What's the team going to look like? Or are they totally content with what they have while Tatis is out? I don't know. Maybe a Zokar is a guy who could hold it down for you. Going to be curious to see how that all transpires. But I promise you, don't worry. This next season is going to be fun. I cannot wait to see this Padres team when they take the field on opening day. That is going to be awesome. And especially when the goober, Fernando Tatis, who of course you see my little bobblehead for, when he comes back, oh boy, that's going to be a lot of fun. But ladies and gentlemen, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, wherever you get them from, you can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. If you want exclusively Padres stuff, go check out Just Baseball and go check out the Bobblehead, right? If you want to do that. Um, and next time, 
on YouTube, you get to see my, my cool uh, coffee mug. I have tea in here. Um, it actually shows a picture when you pour stuff. It's one of those. So maybe for the next podcast, that's something you guys can look forward to on the YouTube video. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Everybody stay safe. And with that all being said, stay safe again. My fire faithful homies, take care.